Governor Larry Hogan announced late Monday night that Maryland has its sixth case of COVID-19, a new coronavirus disease that has now infected more than 600 people in the United States. The new case comes out of Prince George's County, and like the first five, it is also travel-related. As of Monday night, March 9th, there are no cases in Frederick County. I'm Heather Angelio, and this is Frederick Uncut. While there are no cases in Frederick County, officials have told people that they should prepare in case of a two-week quarantine period, and also to keep informed by checking the Maryland Department of Health or the local health department's website. They can also get information from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC. County Executive Jan Gardner held a press conference Monday afternoon to talk about how Frederick County is preparing for when or if we get a case of the coronavirus disease. In the briefing Monday, Jan Gardner mentioned that now when people call 911 saying that they have symptoms of COVID-19, they will also be screened to find out about travel history if they've had any exposure to someone who does have a confirmed case of COVID-19, and other factors um, to allow our 911 and EMS personnel to be safe when they arrive. Dr. Manuel Cassiano from Frederick Health Hospital also spoke about how the hospital is prepared, citing back to when they started doing preparedness with Ebola in 2014 and how they continue to practice drills and so are now ready for this new infectious disease. He also said that the hospital will be waiving fees for its virtual telehealth program, which allows people to do a virtual visit with a healthcare provider in the Frederick Health Medical Group. But right now, without any positive cases in Frederick County, it's business as usual, said Dr. Terry Alban, who is the superintendent for Frederick County Public Schools. That means kids should go to school unless they're sick. Um, They should stay home if sick, just as they would if they had the flu or any other disease like strep. Um, The same goes for people going to work. If you're sick, stay home. Otherwise, business as usual. Otherwise, Frederick County is prepared. They are informing people that they should maybe get some um, non-perishable food items that will help them last for two weeks if they would need to be quarantined or until businesses to start making plans for if their employers do need to work from home or if there's a period of time where employers can't come to work just out of ways to try to contain uh, the coronavirus disease here in Frederick County. Right now, we're still in a containment uh, phase, which basically means that they're trying to stop their uh, stop the spread of the disease or prevent it from hitting Frederick County. But once um, we get a case, if we do, we'll start moving to a mitigation phase, which is trying to slow or decrease the spread. That's something that Governor Larry Hogan said in a Monday afternoon press conference that the state is starting to move at. At six, with six cases, they're starting to make sure that we can stop and slow the spread as much as possible. After County Executive Gardner's press conference, I caught up with her to ask a couple more questions about what Frederick is doing to prepare for when or if we get a first positive case of the COVID-19. All right, so you had this briefing to kind of let people know what's going on with um, COVID-19 in the county, but we do not have any confirmed cases right now in Frederick County. That's correct. We don't have any cases in Frederick County, but I do think it's important for people to know that um, we have been monitoring this situation for a long period of time. Uh, The health department's been monitoring it for a couple of months. I've been getting uh, daily updates since the last week of January, and that the health department is the lead agency on this um, uh, novel coronavirus and um, that we are a reliable source of information and people should be getting their information from the CDC, 
uh, the Maryland Department of Health or the Frederick County Health Department. All right, excellent. Um, so, you know, so for people who are a little nervous right now or maybe anxious about whether they're going to get COVID-19 or whether it's going to come to Frederick County, what would you say to them? Well, I would say that right now it's a low risk. It's a low risk in the state of Maryland. It's a low risk in Frederick County. I do think people who are uh, older and people who have underlying health conditions should certainly think about what they're doing and maybe their exposure to large crowds. And they should um, prepare themselves to be able to stay home for an extended period of time in case they need to do that. Um, Otherwise, I think people should... um, Go about life as usual. Send your kids to school unless they're sick. Go to work unless you're sick. And um, to stay tuned for more information because it is a dynamic situation. And we will um, continually update people about it. All right. So um, when Dr. Brookmeyer was up there, she kind of mentioned she's been there for a while and seen Frederick County through a couple different um, outbreak scares. How does this compare to something like H1N1, that swine flu outbreak we were dealing with a couple years ago? Well, I certainly remember when we dealt with the H1N1 um, virus. And so I think it has similarities in terms of coordination and communication. And, of course, the health department was the lead agency in that case. Um, So I think there is a little bit more sense of fear and uncertainty uh, in the current situation with the coronavirus because it is new and um, people are um, concerned with it. And so... Um, again, the risk is low at the moment, um, but we do think people should um, be prepared if they have certain risk factors and should pay attention to the information as it changes over time. All right, so it was clear that you have a lot of partners in Frederick County all coming together. So can you speak a little bit about those partnerships that we have here in Frederick County and how they come together when we're dealing with something like this? Well, we actually have regular monthly emergency planning meetings, so there's coordination that happens all the time, and we benefit from that when we have a situation like this because people understand the capabilities and the responsibilities of all the other community partners, and so we can call them into action um, readily and almost you know the training and the experience uh, kicks in and so uh, I think that's one way we benefit and I think people should know that um, the health department and the way we have this structured in the United States is um, the health department pushes out information and so they actually have calls that are coordinating calls with other jurisdictions with our Metropolitan Council of Governments and they have calls with local health providers to get information out where people can dial in to get that information and so it is a very coordinated system um, so I, I really think that we are benefiting in our community from the fact that we have great partners and great relationships already in place, whether it's with the hospital, with our emergency preparedness, with our municipal governments, or with the Mental Health Association, where you can call 211 if you're feeling anxiety about it. Um, and I would also tell people to call their um, local or their primary care provider if they have questions about their illness. All right, and so one of the other people that uh, were here today was the team from USAMRIT and Fort Detrick. Can you speak a little bit about the fact that we have those um, people working on a possible vaccine or at least working on the disease in our backyard? Well, I certainly have talked to uh, Colonel Nunley, who's the um, garrison commander, and I talked to the uh, Brigadier General um, 
tally as well. And I know that they are a potential um, for the development of the vaccine. And so I think we're fortunate to have that in our community and actually in our country because they have worked on the same family of viruses, which are SARS and MERS. And so they have the foundational building blocks for the development of um, a vaccine. But they certainly aren't the only people who will be working on a vaccine um, in the United States. All right. So right now we don't have any cases in Frederick County, but what happens if someone does come back positive and is in Frederick County? What would your response be? What would we start seeing in Frederick County? Well, any physician um, who um, has a patient that has been diagnosed and confirmed, usually we actually know if someone's even being tested and are a person of interest, um, that, that's all reported to the health department. And then the health department will go through a process of um, making sure that person is isolated or quarantined, depending on how ill they are. That could happen at the hospital. That could happen in their own home. And to really look at the places they've been, the circle of uh, people they may have come in contact with, and then to notify those people that they have been exposed and that they should potentially also then stay home until so that they do not spread that disease. So that's how it happens at the beginning when you have a handful of cases. That becomes difficult to do when you have something that's more widespread. But that is um, standard protocol for health departments. And is there any concern with Frederick County being kind of a commuter county with a lot of people going to D.C. or maybe coming in and out of Pennsylvania since we're so close? Well, um, I don't think there's extra concern about that. I mean, what I think you find out from just paying attention to this nationally and in the major news media is that it is global. So we've been watching this globally. So people travel all around the globe. The five people that have been confirmed to have uh, the novel coronavirus in Maryland have all traveled, Uh, three of them to Egypt. I'm not sure where the other two people traveled. So, um, you know, we originally were looking at people traveling from China, particularly from Wuhan, China, and then it's just kind of gone beyond that. Now we're looking at places where there's been outbreaks, like northern Italy and apparently... Egypt and some other um, countries around the globe. But we've slowly seen a spread of this. And we do want it to be slow. We do want to try to contain it. And that's why there's that upfront approach of isolation and quarantine. All right, perfect. So with the um, State Health Department and the communication that's coming out, at first they were telling us how many people were pending with tests and being tested. Now it's just negative and positive. Any concerns about the information that the Health Department is choosing to share? No, I don't have. I feel like I've I've been seeing these emails coming to me from (laughs) Dr. Brookmile now for maybe six weeks. And so um, I I do get an update and we get cumulative actual global and by country updates as well. So we've been able to see it grow and expand. um, But we have seen uh, countries all over the world try to do the containment piece first. And so um, I think that helps to slow down the spread of Um, this virus. And I do think it will be, you know, if you listen to the people who know that it's been, it'll be a year or more before we have a vaccine. And those of us who know about the flu, you know, everybody in my office gets a flu shot every year. And certainly all of our first responders get a flu shot every year. But um, so that protects many people or lets them have a Um, lesser case of the flu, but it's still, um, some people will get the flu. So um, even with a vaccine, it can help to reduce the symptoms and to reduce the severity, maybe prevent some cases, but it's not perfect. 
All right, and then you mentioned um, the um, EMS was taking, starting to take phone calls to so make sure that they are prepared in case anyone is. It's, it's 911 communications. So when people call 911 and say they have a respiratory problem, that they're having shortness of breath, uh, which can be from a number of things, we do ask them, we have been asking them again since the end of January if they've traveled and what risk they may have had so that when we send our first responders, we have that information. And again, I think that's a responsible forward-thinking action to take to make sure that uh, we uh, protect our first responders as well as uh, protect the people in our community. With that in mind, and I know that you can't predict anything, but if we do have a case of um, confirmed COVID-19, how are you feeling about our ability to contain it to only a couple people? Well, I think we'll be able to follow all the protocols I just talked about and do our best to try to contain that. I do think you're going to see some spread of of the virus um, because we've watched it slowly uh, march uh, around the world and into the United States. Um, But I think we're all going, every jurisdiction in the United States is going to try to contain it as much as they can to make sure that they reduce the spread. All right, great. Is there anything else you think people need to know? I think people need to get their information about the coronavirus from reliable and reputable sources. So we recommend the CDC, the Maryland Health Department, the Frederick County Health Department, and Frederick Health Hospital. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. To find out more about what's going on with our school system, including Hood College and Mount St. Mary's, I asked education reporter Katrina Pereira to join me to give me an update. Okay, so Katrina... I wanted you to put on your education reporter hat for right now instead of your usual food reporter and talk to us a little bit about um, what the school system is doing to prepare for any cases of possible COVID-19. Yeah, so um, Frederick County Public Schools is kind of just in a very uh, preventative mode right now. They're not really taking you know, any um, concrete steps, but they are obviously monitoring the situation in constant contact with the health department, you know, um, they are making sure that usually, you know, um, touch surfaces that are touched a lot by the kids are wiped down frequently um, and that sort of thing. But that's really it at this point. All right. Perfect. And I know that you also covered some of the higher education schools here. Mm -hmm. So how about Hood or Mount St. Mary's? Have they taken any steps recently? So Mount St. Mary's has is the only school that I've seen that has really done something um, concrete, which is they canceled their study abroad program in Florence. So they had 19 students that were in Florence at the time that the coronavirus started spreading into Italy, and they suspended the program and brought all of those students back to the United States. Um, And from what I was told, those students are not coming back to campus. They're finishing the semester online from their homes. It's kind of unfortunate because, I mean, I never studied abroad but I know that it's a big deal when you do get to study abroad. And Florence is a beautiful city. Absolutely. I studied abroad in Florence, so I can understand that the pain, the pain they're going through. That is such a shame. Well, I hope they have another chance to go back and, and experience that maybe once all of this hopefully dies down. Yes. Um, with FCPS being in a preventative mode, have they indicated when they might change from a preventative mode to an active mode? They really just kind of said we're following guidance from the health department and anything the CDC puts out. So I think, you know, if the virus started spreading into Frederick County and we saw some action being taken by the local health department, maybe at that point we would see FCPS do something. All right. But right now, your kids can keep going to school. Absolutely. Teachers are still going to teach classes. Yep. 
All right, perfect. Well, since you're here, why don't you take off that education reporter hat and put on that food reporter hat and tell us where you went this week. So this week I went to Pumpernickel and Rye, which is a new kind of modern organic deli in Urbana. All right, perfect. And what kind of food did you get at some place called Pumpernickel and Rye? So it's a lot of sandwiches. Um, That's kind of like the majority of their menu but they also do bagels um they do like bowls salads you know kind of like anything you can get at a deli but a little bit more elevated and fancy all right perfect and was there anything that you particularly liked yeah um i mean a lot of their sandwiches are very good um the how now brown cow all of their sandwiches has have these really fun names um but that one in particular was really good it was kind of like your typical roast beef sandwich um but elevated in the sense that instead of like just regular slices of tomato it's fried green tomatoes in there and then there's like a really nice garlic aioli so it's all of these like really typical deli sandwiches but pumpernickel and rye have taken them to another level all right well with a name like pumpernickel and rye can i get a sandwich or a bagel of that's pumpernickel or rye (laughs) so it's actually funny because i think it's like one or two of their sandwiches are served on pumpernickel or rye. Like the majority of their sandwiches are not served on pumpernickel or rye bread. And I think they might have some pumpernickel bagels, but I'm not sure. All right. Well, cute name regardless. Yes. Um, when you talk about sandwiches, what are we talking about in terms of price? Um, I would say anywhere between 11 and $14 um, you can get one of their sandwiches for. All right. Perfect. And what are recommendations that you would send with someone going there? Um, so the How Now Brown Cow is great. Um, if you're more of a pork person, uh, the Notorious P.I.G. is a good one. It's this really nice, juicy, uh, slow-roasted pork in there. Um, they have some really good bowls. Um, their bagels are shipped in every day from Brooklyn. So if you want a really good bagel, go to Pumpernickel and Rye. All right, perfect. Well, is there anything else we should know? No, um, they are a totally eco-friendly restaurant, which is awesome. So when you go, if you decide to dine in there, um, everything is compostable. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, let me take this opportunity to slightly embarrass you and say happy birthday (laughs) on the podcast. Uh, I hope that you get to have a very nice meal at a very good restaurant. Thank you. Um, But is there anything else you should know about Pumpernickel and Rye? No, I think that's it. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. COVID-19 is a rapidly changing situation here in Maryland, the United States, and even globally where cases are causing people like the Italian government to shut down the entire country in order to have a mass quarantine. We'll be continuing to update uh, you via Frederick Uncut, uh, via Frederick News Post, via In Session when we discuss Annapolis, in order to keep people informed as much as possible. I urge you to check uh, the Frederick News Post at fredericknewspost.com. We have daily stories. We're citing information from our healthcare professionals, from our county executives. You can also visit sites like cdc.gov, thenewcoronavirus.gov, health.maryland.gov to get a local aspect um, because while the CDC and coronavirus.gov are great national sources, if you want a more local um, aspect, you probably want to check Maryland's health department or the local Frederick County Health Department. You can also check us again at fredericknewspost.com. We know many of you have questions. We had a guide over the weekend in our paper, kind of a Frederick News Post Guide to COVID-19. But even with a long story like that, we couldn't answer all the questions that we got via Twitter, email, Facebook. So now uh, we are hosting a Facebook Live on Tuesday, March 10th at 2 p.m. Frederick Uncut is produced by me, Heather Mangilio, and edited by Graham Cullen. We'll see you next week.